This is the Sackcloth Conspiracy. It is a podcast about crisis, crisis in our relationships, in our families, and in ourselves. This is a test episode. In it, you will hear the hosts, Josh and Jelly Buck, share and unfold their intense story of crisis, paralysis, and death. started in May of 2005 when Ava was born, May 5th. Shelly and I have been married for about five years. We're living in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful spring morning. The date was actually 050505, and we felt like it was this kind of special little gift that we would never, you know, anytime anybody asked her birthday, it would be, you know, 050505. People would stop and say, oh, that's really cool. Just get ready to start a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Greenhouse. And uh, we go ahead and move to Grand Rapids. And on August 1st of 2005, Ava Nicole Buck passed away. August 1st of 2005 started out as Josh's first day of work, uh, working for Greenhouse. And uh, I was doing laundry all day, and Ava was upstairs in her bed sleeping. I had noticed that she was sleeping a little long and liked to keep all three kids on the same nap schedule. So I went upstairs to wake her up. And when I walked into her bedroom, there was a box fan that was in the window. It had fallen out of the window and was in her crib. She was face down in her crib when I found her. Shock set in immediately. I went over there and picked it up, and it was very obvious from that point on that something was really wrong. I performed CPR. Uh, The ambulance came. Um, Just craziness for about an hour as they tried to revive her, maybe 45 minutes. And before Josh made it home, he was stuck in traffic. And before he got home, they had already pronounced her dead. So when he came home, he already knew she was gone. To say that you have to begin to reimagine everything you ever thought is probably an understatement. Um, For the first three days, everything was a blur, and really don't even have a lot of distinct memories of those days. We made choices that a mom and a dad should never have to make. We had to pick out caskets and headstones and uh, think through things and have services that a mom and dad should never have to have for their own kids. I never imagined to see that date on a headstone with my baby girl's name, 050505 to 0801015. So that's kind of how this whole story started. The story of pain and thinking that the bad thing that could happen to you has happened to us, so nothing else is going to happen. So that was a, was a really life-altering moment. Um, as time went on, we started working with Greenhouse. Um, the pain started to be not quite so poignant after a year or so, a little bit more. And about after about 16 months, we started feeling like we were starting to not just 
walk in this haze and breathe with this heaviness on our chest, but to start, we felt like we were starting to live again. And then in November of 2006, there was a, a distinct conversation that I remember having with, uh, with Shelly around our kitchen table. Uh, we were drinking coffee and we were saying, you know what, uh, I think that we've kind of turned a corner on this a little bit. We were just really getting excited again about life. We have wonderful memories of Ava, and she's just a beautiful baby girl. We have pictures of her all over our house. But it doesn't feel like we get kicked in the stomach every time we wake up anymore. And that's what it was like at first. You know, we, were, we could really tell we were starting to turn a corner a little bit. Earlier that fall, we found out that we were pregnant um, with our fourth child who is now with us from Daniel, and he's hilarious. We're just excited about the fact that God was giving us another baby and that we were still surviving and actually starting to feel again like we enjoyed life and that life was good. So in November, uh, Josh and I were sitting around the breakfast table and we both said, you know, I, I kind of feel like like this this heaviness, this fog that we've been walking in has kind of come a little bit to an end. And uh, we have a new baby on the way in June. Let's let's do something to celebrate. You know, one last hurrah before uh, the next baby is born. So we decided to go on vacation. So we decided that we were going to go to Cancun in January of uh, 2007. So we fly out and we land in Cancun and we... Uh, leave the airport we got to our like our resort and um, got all of our bags there and we got checked in we didn't have a room yet and it was gonna be like an hour till we got our room so we're like hey let's go hit the beach so we just dumped all our luggage off and threw our bathing suits on and ran down to the beach and went to lay out for the very first time just feeling like we were living this little dream for four days this little vacation that we get to hang out with friends and just have a good time just kind of sat there and soaked up the the excitement and the goodness of it all. My girlfriend and I decided to lay out in the sun while the boys went for a walk. The boys went down the beach and we're just being boys and jumping in the water and being silly and having a good time. You know, I was uh, I was born in Florida. I spent a lot of time in the water, I mean, scuba diving and wakeboarding and just spent lots of time in, in the water. Lived in San Diego for a while, and I've just been around the water a lot in my life. Um, been around waves a lot in my life, and so I just, you know, wasn't put off at all by the by the waves. So we're getting ready to head back over to the girls, and so I just take a couple steps out into the water, and I'm just diving into a wave. And the way that it broke, uh, it just pushed me straight down to the bottom, and I hit my head right into the sand. I wasn't jumping off of anything, I wasn't jumping down into the water, I was really just jumping out into a wave, but it broke my C5 vertebrae. Um, the moment it happened, I just felt a shock go all the way down my back, and I blacked out for a second. And then I came to, face down in the water, and I could see, you know, kind of just the sand and just the, the water was kind of brown there because it was churning up, and I could see my hands floating in front of my face and I couldn't move them. And uh, it was a surreal moment. I just, I had to get a breath. I started flailing my neck, just trying to get a breath of air. And I could just see my hands in front of my face and I couldn't even move them. Anyway, we happened to turn over and see that there was a 
gathering of people about 50 yards from where we were. And Sarah said, I wonder what's going on. All I was thinking was get a breath, get a breath, get a breath, get a breath, but I blacked out again. And if Brad wouldn't have been there, and if the lifeguard wouldn't have been there, that would have been it. That would have been the last moments of my life. And after Ava died, I always had this kind of panic feeling when I saw a group of people, or when it was obvious something was really wrong. I got pulled out up onto the beach, and it felt really weird because as the water would hit my legs, I couldn't feel it. But then as it would hit my chest, I could feel it because I wasn't all the way out of the water. In between kind of this group of people, it kind of separated, and I could see Josh's waist, and I could see his bathing suit. And that's when I knew it was him. And only probably five minutes had passed since I had seen him last. And it was amazing that so much could change in five minutes of not seeing your husband. And I walked up to him, and his face was covered in sand. And he was extremely pale, and he had a big blue ring kind of around his mouth. It was obvious that he was alive. He was talking. And I broke into the crowd, and you could see the panic in his eyes. I was just trying to get a breath of air, and I couldn't. I was just you know, breathing really fast. And I, so eventually the ambulance arrives, and you know, we, head, uh, we head down to the hospital. And the only thing I really remember saying to Shelly at this point was, Get me out of Mexico. Which resulted in a big flight to Miami uh, on a Learjet in the middle of the night, and arriving in Miami to find out that he had a compression fracture on his C5 vertebrae that was damaging his spinal cord and that he needed immediate surgery. I had surgery there where they fused uh, my C4, C5, and C6 vertebrae together and put some titanium rods and stuff in it. Um, ended up at, at Mary Freebed um, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan for rehab and I, I lived there until, um, until April. He spent three months recovering and learning how to do as much as he could for himself, regaining uh, a lot of movement in his upper arms and shoulders, but nothing really below that. No hands, no fingers, um, which is surprisingly limiting how much you can do or that you can't do when all you have is your biceps. He can push a wheelchair, but he can't feed himself. He can lift weights, but he has to have a toothbrush strapped onto his hand. You know, just so many things that just seem inconsistent with each other. It seemed so innocent and like you couldn't possibly have your life change forever by just diving into a wave. It was amazing that so much could change in five minutes of not seeing your husband. But through it all, it's like, okay, these two things have happened to us. Now what? God has allowed us to experience things that we would never choose for ourselves. But all the same, God allowed us to experience these things. And I refuse to let it make me bitter or to make me not appreciate what I do have in life. And so we go on and we try to survive and we try to live and enjoy life and enjoy the three children we now have 
Josh is still here with us. Our kids still have a dad. I still have a husband. And it might be different than it was before, but we're all still together.